the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder. Uh, today, I'm joined by Caleb, our Howdy. customer service manager, and uh, we are going to be covering some of your questions. Uh, yes. Yesterday, we put out, actually, I think two days ago, so we've been doing a couple days of just receiving muzzleloader questions and... Uh, we have them all written down here. We're going to be answering them on this show. I'm I'm really excited about this. Me too. I love yeah. Q&As anyway. And I, I talk to a lot of customers on the phone, but I don't know. People are more candid when they're like, oh, send in something anonymous. And so I'm, I have not reread or I've not read these yet. So I'm excited to see what we get. I know. I, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. We chose yeah. as many as we can. Um, and so we're going to just talk about those here on the show. And also, we'll probably do something like this again if you guys enjoy it, if it's beneficial. And uh, so you can have drop any questions you have in the comments below, and maybe we'll do a show like this again. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and start off with Caleb. How, are the, how the heck are you doing today? I am like, doing amazing. That's good. Um, when you asked me to join the show today, yesterday, I was <laughs> I was thrilled. So, yeah, I, I, everything's been going good. Um, we've been helping a lot of, of community members on the phone and on email and yeah it is getting busy season yeah so <laughs> which is always good i know it's always been it's just crazy you know can't have three people on the podcast very often anymore because <laughs> you can't really divert the resources yeah so. which is a good problem to have it is so. it is you know and we're glad that we're able to have a community that's growing and oh yeah and educating people about muzzle loading and Absolutely. all that stuff so um so let's go ahead and start off with our first question of the day and that is regarding the nsi so there's some things here. I'm going to pronounce them to the best of my ability based on <laughs> yeah. the research I've done. But uh, the NSI, the NSI 688, the Fiocchi 616, and the Shadi primers with Blackhorn 209 and other substitutes. Mm -hmm. um, and they want to get our thoughts on that. So, um, Caleb, I know you've been, you know, dealing with Blackhorn 209. And, yeah. You know, you have a lot of good information on the relationship between 209 primers and blackhorn powders. Yes. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, great question, by the way, because with the scarcity of, of 209 primers right now, mm -hmm. um, it's good to kind of branch out and find some 209 primers that you wouldn't normally look at. Like yeah. all three of these brands are great brands, um, but they're not like your standard CCI and federal, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it's good that we're kind of expanding that. Um, the information that I have is, is blackhorn requires a really hot ignition. Yeah. It... Um, a lot of times you need like a magnum primer or something equivalent or hotter in order to achieve the maximum effectiveness with the ignition. Mm -hmm. So like CCI makes their 209M magnum shot shell primer. Federal makes their 209A, which is even hotter than that. Um, and those are those are basically the two primers that I recommend. Yeah. Um, but I know you've done some research on these these three brands that you brought up. Um, so I guess I'll pass yeah. it back to you on well, that. Well, yeah, and these, these three, so... From the research I was able to do, mm -hmm. none of them are on the same level as like the CCI 209M or Federal 209A. Okay. So they're probably not going to ignite Blackhorn to the same level of efficiency as those two primers. Yeah. Now, what we've always recommended is right now, because of the scarcity of 209 primers, <laughs> yeah. just buy what you can get your hands on. Yeah. And having any 209 primer is going to be better than nothing. However, you're probably going to have a higher standard deviation um, you know, because you're gonna your group might open up a little bit just sure. because you're not igniting consistent amounts of the black horn, so you're getting partial burn or, um, you know, some in some cases even hang fires and stuff yeah. or misfires. So, if possible, use 
the CCI 209M or Federal 209A and if you can't use those kind of use those as a baseline as something that's going to be like maximum performance with Blackhorn and if For you sure. can find other primers that are on that same level which I am not aware of any um, of, of temperature then yeah. use that as kind of like your baseline well and, and my, my rule of thumb is too is um, look at the what is it the ratio at which you're comfortable with hunting so it's like you might find that a non-magnum primer ignites blackhorn fairly well mm -hmm. and it's like oh i can shoot a hundred times and it does a hang fire two times out of that so yeah. it's like are you comfortable with a one in 50 chance that your gun's not going to go off when you have that monster bull or that buck or whatever yeah. you know we're kind of in that that pinch point now where it's you can't find primers but this is the best i have so i'm going to take that chance yeah when you have a one in 50 chance of it not going off but you have a 50 out of 50 chance of not killing a bull if you don't have any 209 that's primers. right so. <laughs> exactly like, yeah and some people are like oh i just paid a huge amount of money for this once in a lifetime hunt yeah i want to make sure i'm 100 mm percent -hmm. because there's not i've heard some horror stories of you know even before this year of people missing a gun or missing missing their shot because yeah. of a hang fire and it's like oh if you would have had this this powder primer combo that wouldn't mm -hmm. have happened so yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're here to do is is help you guys find out what combos are going to work for you. We've had, we have done podcasts at length talking about different powders, yeah. different primers, different all kinds of stuff. Um, and so definitely check out the other episodes we've done because I was just going through the other day and you know it's starting to turn into like a good resource where it's like oh like we had a question the other day about the ELR bullet being used with a one in twenty eight twist mm -hmm. and. I was like, well, you know, this is my understanding of it. We actually talked to Jason Sebo about it. Here's the link to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Go check out what Absolutely. he had to say. You know, just so it's kind of, it's definitely a good thing for you guys to look at. If you have questions, just, you know, sift through on the podcast. Most of the episodes on YouTube, at least, are broken up into chapters. So you can go onto our, onto the podcast, look at all the chapters mm -hmm. and be like, is there anything in here I have questions about? So you don't have to even listen to the whole thing. You can just go to the little section That's of it. That's handy. That, that helps you out. Um, and so we also break up the, into shorts and stuff and post shorts all yeah. over the place. So, well, I had, I had one last thought about this one before we move on, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, I, powder and primers have both been hard to find. I would say primers probably harder to find than powder. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, it depends on the powder, but I would say I, I, general, yes, degrees yeah. on the powder or it depends on the powder. So my um, what I've been telling all of our community members is find the primer first mm -hmm. because you can always find a powder that pairs with that that powder. Yes, because if you're like, oh, I found Blackhorn 209. Well, great. Now you have to find a specific primer to match with it. And mm -hmm. it's it's a needle in a haystack in some areas. But if you find a primer, hey, I found some. What is it? Chetty? Yeah. Primer. Be. Yeah. Yeah. So um. I found these primers. Okay, well, here's the powders that you know work with it. It's going to, you're going to have an easier time finding your powders mm -hmm. after you've already found the primer. So, uh, you know, Blackhorn is a great powder. Um, but if you don't have a Magnum primer, it's like, okay, well, have a plan B, have another powder primer set up. So, yeah. you know, it's not your ideal setup, but at least it's something you can go hunting with. You can kill an elk with it. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And that's one thing I missed this little piece of the question here. He says, and other substitutes. Right. So yeah. These primers, so like like loose powders like triple uh, seven or Pyrodex mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I mean, he says substitutes, but I'll even lump 
true black powder into there. Oh, sure. True black powder would ignite at the drop of a hat. I mean, like, it's <laughs> yeah. very easy to ignite. Yeah. Um, the other substitutes like 777 and Pyrodex are significantly easier to ignite than mm-hmm. Blackhorn 209. And if you're finding that you're having some trouble igniting powder, then I would recommend going with, instead of a 2F, maybe go down to like a 3F because that's going to ignite much more easily sure. uh, in your barrel. And so if you're, say you're able to only find these really cold primers for some reason, you know, there's always an option in powder, like you're oh, saying, absolutely. that you can pair with that. And, you know, we've been, before this, the black powder substitutes have taken off, everybody used regular black powder. Yeah. And even before Blackhorn came out, everybody was still using the substitute so it's like all of it still works Mm -hmm. we're getting more efficient in our technology but you can still use you know an old muzzleloader with real black powder and take down a huge elk yeah people still hunt with flintlocks oh absolutely there's always an option for you you know there's just it might not be what you had your heart set on yeah but when in times like this you just have to have an open mind and trust that Mm -hmm. it's going to get the job done so absolutely yeah. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and take this next one, Caleb? Okay. Um, so when using a peep globe sight setup, should you move the rear sight as far back as possible? Great question. Yeah. Excellent question. And the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> I think some of it does boil down to personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I think you do get a better sight picture when, yeah, you move the peep sight as close as you can to your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just the the more space between your front and rear sight, even though it's it's not that far, it's only what a couple feet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think you get well, you naturally, yeah, more precision. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's my recommendation too. It's sort of like you know, if you have like a a stick that's this long, you could there's all kinds of adjustments that can be made yeah, without yeah. you know noticing. But mm-hmm. if it's out here. I mean, you can. There's only you can only move so much before you totally lose sight of the front sight entirely. So you're able to be much more precise the further away that Mm -hmm. they can get. Um, And some of it too, like the Williams Western Precision Sight Set. Yes, they're designed to sit at the back because if you put them up front, what 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 those sights specifically are designed to do is when you look through the peep sight, it's going to line up with the out sort of like archery. It's going to line up with the circle of the front sight. So if you have it further up here and I've, we've actually had customers that have had that happen yes. where they put it on the like halfway up the barrel mm-hmm. because you're not getting you're not having everything line up you're able to have so much more room for error oh yeah um so it's important that you also work with the the specific setup that you have and and with the like the western precision sight set or the mm-hmm. w the wps as we call it here yeah. um it, that is meant to extend your range to well you know, 100 yards is pretty far with open sights, mm-hmm. but you, you might potentially get out to 150, depending on your eyesight. Yeah. And so, yeah, every little precision point matters, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, well, there's also the ghost ring, too. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's so, a wholly different thing. Yeah. So the ghost ring made by Williams as well is a fiber optic peep sight, and it has a larger diameter hole because a lot of times it's meant to mount in the middle of your barrel yep. or where your open sights originally were. Um, and so because it has the bigger peep sight, because it's farther down on the barrel, it still simulates the same effect, mm-hmm. um, but it still gives you the low light capabilities too of the fiber optic. Yeah, better target acquisition. Oh yeah. So, and the thing is too, we actually don't recommend putting the ghost ring all the way back because the holes, the aperture is so much right. larger. Mm-hmm. So with the larger aperture, if it's close to your eye, you're not gonna be able to be as precise with that front bead. Whereas if it's further out, the perspective will be so much different. Right. So you'll be able to be a more precise that way. And I think the takeaway is, you know, the Western precision site, 
it's if you're trying to extend your range out to 100, 150 yards. Mm -hmm. The ghost ring is great for anything between zero and 100 yards. Yeah. You're not trying to be hyper accurate. If, if you can get a two-inch group at 50 yards, that's a kill shot every day. So yeah. they both have their pros and cons. And mm -hmm. I, I'm a big fan of the ghost ring. I love the fiber optics on it too. Yeah. And so to answer this question, I would say in general, like as a general rule of thumb, it's best to have your rear sight as far, like, you know, your rear peep mm -hmm. sight as far back as possible. But there are some cases with like the ghost ring or even just like a standard fiber optic yeah. where they're designed otherwise and it's better to have them halfway up the barrel. That's so right. um, if, if after answering this question, it's still not seeming super clear, then feel free to give us a call and yes. we can kind of talk about your specific <laughs> setup. Yep. Um, but in general, like it's, if you have just a regular peep sight, then you're going to want to put it as far back as possible. So, and, and most of them have, will tell you where they're supposed to be mounted. Like a lot of the, the Williams peep sights, apart from the ghost ring, will have a two screw installation, which mm -hmm. is specifically set up for the scope mounts. So it will already be like push you to the back of the barrel anyway. So, um, but yeah, give us a call if you have questions that we're, we're happy to talk you through it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Cool. So, and then what is, you want to get the next one? I will, <laughs> this one seems very pointed. Um, it says, how do I get strong like Darren? <laughs> um, it is, you know, if you want to get strong like me, it's called uh, working a desk job and sitting down all day and then going home and... <laughs> just hanging out <laughs> there's there's the routine, That's my routine. <laughs> i guess long story short you you really can't darren yeah. darren is a unique <laughs> specimen i don't think you can get strong like darren he darren is darren he's the only one so yeah well you know yeah this. Hey, <laughs> God made you special and unique, so that's yep, you know. That's right. <laughs> yep, that's exactly um, right. That's exactly great right. question though. Yep, good uh, question. Good question. Excellent question. You know, I, um, I can understand why why someone would ask that. It, you know, I'm I I actually get a lot of customers calling in like, hey, I saw that podcast. How is Darren so strong? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Knows, yeah, oof. Um, so Darren, any word, sorry, I'm getting, I'll take three in a row and then you can have some. Sounds good. Any Sounds word good. on when Blackhorn 209 will return? So I actually just talked to our, uh, CEO, Brad, who's been on the podcast a few times. Yes. Um, the latest word that we have is we're expecting Blackhorn in December sometime. Um, and we're going to get a shipment then. We don't know exactly when this whole, I mean, it, you know, you guys have, really, have been so patient. We really appreciate you guys mm -hmm. bearing with us Absolutely. because the availability of Blackhorn has just been very uh, dubious at best. You Good know? word choice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, we're expecting to get some in in uh, December, but that is always subject to change. But I would definitely, you know, starting December, you know, kind of in that time frame, mm -hmm. definitely keep an eye on the website. Go on there and click the notify me when back in stock because, uh you're going to want to make sure you're on that email oh, yeah. list when it's back in because it will go like that. As soon as it, it becomes live on the website, it will be, people will have a piranha frenzy, feeding frenzy. So yeah. yes, definitely sign up for that. Um, and yeah, Blackhorn, December to me, that seems like really soon. Mm -hmm. Like it's already October. Um, and before that, there was no time frame when we're getting them. So yeah, the fact we have December is that's really close yeah yeah <laughs> december and most likely late december sure but i mean honestly go on there now and click that email list because you know the, that i'm sure there's tons of people on the oh, email yeah. list, and as soon as that email goes out it's evaporated it, so, it, absolutely yeah you know yep definitely make sure you're on that um 
So the next one, where can I find basic information about muzzle loaders? Good, good question. Um, well, I might be a little biased, but give me a call. Call us at <laughs> muzzleloaders.com. You know, we're we're very familiar with all the guns that we have on our website, as well as some some other guns that we don't even carry. So mm -hmm. if you just need general information, feel free to give us a call. Um, apart from that, I would say YouTube is a phenomenal resource for me yeah. um, because we have our own YouTube channel. Yep. But there's a there's tons of people. I know all the main manufacturers have their own YouTubes as well, and you can pretty much search anything and and at least one person's done it or another and mm -hmm. have walkthroughs and, and kind of like this Q and A's like we have. So yeah, YouTube is your friend in this yeah. case. Well, and we, we post three videos a week on our YouTube channel. Um, so we post like a YouTube short on Monday and we post podcast on Wednesday and then we have, uh, just a normal YouTube video mm -hmm. on Friday. And that's usually going to be like a product review or a range day that we've done or something like that. So, um, the, our YouTube is, trying to put out as much content as possible yeah and uh so as of right now that's our current content schedule and if you know if you usually videos go up around five o'clock on those days so make sure click the bell uh, if you're watching this on youtube click the bell below and you'll get a notification yeah. whenever we post content and um then you can check it out because we recently posted a video uh about you know some range days that we've done yeah. you know some product videos all that kind of stuff so oh and also something too if if any of you who are listening and watching have any, I like need information, like, Hey, it'd be really cool to have a video that walks me through this particular thing. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, that would be great to have recommendations. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, we, we are guessing most of the time at what content would be, uh, you know, beneficial to you guys <laughs> and stuff like that. So, um, what really helps is stuff like this. When we have Q and A's, oh, yeah. it's like, okay, if you guys have a question, like, don't hesitate to submit it. You know, send me a message on Instagram. I'm always happy or, or Facebook. I'm always happy to chat with yeah. you guys. I love when you guys message in and ask questions and um, always brightens my day up because I I'm exiled over here. I'll work all alone. <laughs> That's so. right. That's right. Well, and, and some of the ideas we've got from just the customers that I deal with, mm -hmm. you know, oh, hey, I've had 10 customers ask this same question. Yeah. Maybe we should look into it and make a video. So it's like, yes, your customer feedback is what we we thrive off of, especially with For making sure. videos. So yeah. Uh, one other resource that I know is going on like a muzzleloader or a hunting forum because um, a lot of people will ask questions and then other members of the community will answer. Um, and so, yeah, great resource if you're trying to find actual other real people's experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Facebook groups. Um, oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Like there's a bunch of groups that you can join and you just get opinion. Now, tough thing is you want to make sure you understand that it is opinions. Like it's right. the opinions of other people. And we've talked about this before on the show, but everyone's situation is different. So everyone's opinion yeah. is going to be shaped around their experiences and their situation. And mm -hmm. so what's right for somebody else may not necessarily be specifically right for you, but you'll at least get different perspectives on yeah. it, you know, or at least have stuff to like, Ooh, that's something I need to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. So it gives you resources to use, but, um, yeah, the old Caleb adage is you talk to 10 different people, they'll give you 11 different answers. Yep. I know a lot of people go on forums and it's daunting for them. Like, Whoa, there's too much information. So mm -hmm. then they call us and then filter through that with us. So yeah. 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 It is always helpful though to get oh, the absolutely. opinion of several different people, you know. Yeah. 
And so, and oftentimes they have, there's a lot of wealth of information because it, it comes through experience. You know? Absolutely. And yeah. there's some people, you know, like we, we're muzzleloader experts, but there's people who've been muzzleloading for 70 years, you oh, know? Yeah. And so it's like some of the experience they have is just unfa unfathomable. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. You can't duplicate that. Like mm -hmm. you have to live through that. Exactly. Um, yeah. And bullets, you know, if there was one bullet that worked great for everybody, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have, you know, a hundred different options. So yeah. yeah, there's something for everybody. Cool. Yeah. So I think our next question here, we have, uh, I'm new to muzzleloaders. What are some must have equipment and accessories before I go hunting? <laughs> and then just for some context, he's going to be deer hunting in Indiana in December. So that is a can of worms that we could be here. We could have a whole podcast just based on that question. We have had a whole podcast that will link it above <laughs> because we've actually had a whole podcast that, uh, talks about accessories, getting ready for hunting. We also have a Northwest specific one. So That's if right. you're Oregon, Idaho, we have a podcast. So I'll link both of those above here. So, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Were no, you going to, no, I, go I was going to, well, let's just keep this brief then. Cause yeah, they can watch the full, you know, other podcasts we did really my go-to accessory for all scenarios, all 50 States is a bullet starter. Yep. Um, I, I have tried to load a bullet in the warm and the cold with just my ramrod mm -hmm. and it is miserable the, the you know the bullet starter makes sure that your bullet gets seated initially and then when you low you know push it down the rest of the way with the ramrod it, it's it's just makes it so much nicer yeah um oh go ahead go ahead yeah well a bullet starter is definitely like, no matter where you're hunting that's one you're gonna want yeah um and there's some accessories like Indiana, I don't believe has any really stringent muzzleloading regulations. No, so, I don't believe so. No. Yeah. So you can use a scope, you can use loose or pelletized powder. Since you're new to muzzleloading, I usually recommend starting out with pelletized powder because it's simpler mm -hmm. and it is going to save you some money on loading accessories on the front end. And you can yeah. always switch to loose powder later if you want. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, I was going to say, yeah, a lot of stuff based on your personal preference. You want a mm -hmm. scope or open sights, loose or pelletized powder. Yeah. Um, as far as something that's specific to deer hunting is, I would say your bullet grain or the mm -hmm. bullet style. Um, 250 grains is pretty standard for deer, you know, yeah. probably white-tailed deer in mm -hmm. Indiana. Um, so that that's just a little technical piece that I would input. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely good to note. You know, you can yeah. use heavier. You could even, there's even some bullets like the uh, Traditions Bleeds that are 170s mm -hmm. and yeah. those those would be fine for deer too. Um, but in general, 250 grains kind of where you're going to want to stick, uh, and 300 grain for elk. If there's any of you guys out there that are going to yeah. be elk hunting, um, are there any others? Like, uh, probably I usually recommend a speed loader, um, like the four and oh, one sure. or something, cause that's going to work with pellets or loose powder. It's oh, absolutely. Give you some backup tools, the three in one breach multi-tool. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we go over all this in the previous podcast. <laughs> I, I just want to give you like a little Rolodex of information. I know here. I'm going through my Rolodex in my mind of like, oh, well, th these are good for these specific scenarios. Mm -hmm. There's just so, so many variables and we can, it's better to just, just call us and we can go over all of that. Cause a lot of stuff is like, well, this is only pertinent if you want a second chance shot. Yeah. Cause you know, you'll, you'll probably load and do everything before you get out of the truck or mm -hmm. out of your tent or, you know, whatever. So they're very, very niche cleaning accessories. accessories you'll need oh, breech absolutely. plug grease. Breech plug grease is always the one I'd forget about. Yeah. yeah you need breech plug grease. Absolutely. Like yeah. you, you're not going to, you're going to wish you had it if you don't get it. Absolutely. I'm trying to think, Oh, something that, that we've always heard is 
those little barrel covers. Like if you're in a place where it's raining, I don't know in where you're hunting in Indiana if you deal with a lot of moisture, but having like the little sock mm-hmm. you put over the muzzle. Yeah. I know a lot of people have used like a bread bag. Yeah. If you really I've want to, that, yeah. you can use it. So you can use all, yeah, really just a cover to cover that up is going to be good to go. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a few things for you to go off of. And like I said, I'm going to link the, uh, the other shows above so that you can nice. check those out for uh, just a more complete uh, series on that because we could sit here for an hour and talk about all the accessories you need. Right, so, absolutely. Um, all right, the next one. Uh, is there any difference in breech plugs between the CVA Veriflame system or is uh, or is there a conversion kit? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I feel yeah, a little bit? for it. So as of right now, the only Veriflame breech plug that they carry is for the Paramount series, the Paramount, the HTR, and the Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an entirely different breech plug system than you would have for like the CVA Acuras, Optimas, and Wolves. That being said, um, CVA does have in the works a Veriflame conversion kit for mm-hmm. the Acuras that is coming out. Um, but I have not yet seen them, so I don't know what the breech plug looks like. You, you would think it would have to be... It's going to have to be a little bit different. It's gonna have it to has change. to be a little bit different, but also has the same... It has to still have the same outside diameter of the knurls that you twist in, mm-hmm. you know, so it has to still be the exact same size as the breech plug for the Acuras. Yeah. But it's somehow, the pocket that's gonna be yeah, different. the primer pocket's weird and how that interacts with the firing pin. I just haven't seen them yet. Yeah. And I think from what I've heard is that they won't, that they're currently working on them because we've had them on order. So we're, we're just waiting for them, but. Um, they're working on them to get them sent over. So yeah, and because especially because there are some, you can't just put a Vera Flame into a two hundred nine breech plug because it's not going to fit properly. Even if you right. could just squeeze it in there, mm-hmm. when you go to close it, um, there's a safety mechanism in the CVAs so that if there's like if it's it's designed so if your breech plug's not threaded in all mm-hmm. the way, but because that Vera Flame is going to put a little additional pressure on mm-hmm. the um, the primer the, the receiver primer, yeah the primer, yeah, yeah, yeah receiver end um you're probably not even going to be able to pull back your hammer and i don't even right. think it's going to fit into that breech plug I, I anyways think, i think the veriflame is a little bigger yeah so i don't know that they're probably going to have to recess you know the face a little bit on the plug and then make that the flash hole like you said a little bigger but yeah. so, so they, they are coming out with one so if yes. you have one of the you know new acuras you will be able to convert them, um, but it's not available just yet. So I uh, hope that answers your question there. Yeah. Um, I would say they are, I think they are making a 209 conversion for the the Paramounts as well. Yes. Uh-huh. So they have to be different in some way. So yeah, I guess the long, the short answer, yes, there is going to be a difference in breech plugs between any Veriflame versus 209 primer. They mm-hmm. just has, they ha- there has to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, they are they are different. They do look similar, but when you compare them side by side, they they are different. So absolutely. Um, back to you, Darren. What is the best way to restore a rusty barrel? So this one's kind of tough because I I was able to actually <laughs> chat with this uh, member of our community and yeah. get a little more context on it. And it sounds like he's trying to restore a muzzleloader that he received from a relative mm-hmm. and it was rusty and um so like my best recommendation on this one is if it's just surface rust that comes off pretty easy mm-hmm. like even stainless steel muzzle loaders will develop surface rust you just take a brush take some you know good good like citrus or water-based solvent yep. and it might take a while but you can brush and swab all that out of there and you're not going to have any problems um 
and you can do that same on the outside right you can just take you know a little bit of like scotch bright or whatever oh, yeah. and take that right off but if it's more than just surface rust you're going to have a whole different set of issues yeah um because that's that can cause safety problems that can cause um inaccuracy mm-hmm. and so even if you're able to clean it all out of there we definitely recommend taking it to a gunsmith because you you want to have a professional opinion absolutely to see safe. well well you, there's no way that you can even with just the naked eye see what damage the rust has actually caused yeah so like you said if it's not just surface rust okay how how much of the stainless steel barrel has it permeated Mm -hmm. you know exactly there's no way and it's not worth taking the risk of oh i'm just going to try and shoot it Mm because you just don't know so yeah yeah it's hard my i've actually chatted with a few customers who received like they either inherited an old gun or they Mm -hmm. their buddy gave them one or they bought a used gun and oh somebody left a powder charge in there for 20 years (laughs) and so it's like okay you have to determine is this a gun that has a lot of sentimental value yeah and it's like, oh, well, this is the original barrel that, you know, my relative used. It's like, I don't want to get rid of it. Okay, well, if it means that much to you, then you might as well just keep it as a gun hanger. If it's like, I don't care about the barrel as much, you can always get a replacement barrel. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you can't, but you could always reach out to the manufacturer. You don't have to buy a brand new gun. You just buy the replacement barrel. It's still good to shoot, you know. So that's another option if you, if you ultimately can't restore it. Well, and there's even places like... I know Green Mountain, they they right. can, they make barrels, so you could probably get a custom barrel made. Sure. It just depends on how much you want to spend on it, because usually when you're getting a new barrel, yeah. you're looking at spending just as much or close to as much as you'd spend on sure. a brand new muzzleloader. And I guess that was what I was inversely trying to say. I, I didn't say it very well, is it, it might be worth getting a new barrel if the gun has a lot of sentimental value. Yeah where it's like, okay, I don't want to get a new gun. This is the gun. I can change the barrel out. It's about the same price as a new gun, but at least I can kind of restore my heirloom. Yeah, or you can even sense. turn it into so, a wall hanger. Like you could just clean oh, all the rust out, put some rust prevent in there and hang it yeah. on the wall, you know? But absolutely. if you're going to be utilizing it um, for hunting purposes mm-hmm. or target shooting, you want to make sure that it is safe to use and you're going to want to make sure you get a yeah. professional opinion because we can't even really help you out with that over the phone, Yeah, that, that's hard. And one thing, too, with a rusty barrel, let's just say you do get it approved to, like, it's good to shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, if there is any corrosion or pitting, even after you remove the the rust, you may have ign- or accuracy issues yep. because the, you know, the rifling or whatever isn't going to be consistent anymore. There's going to mm-hmm. be some holes and gaps in that. So that's a hard question to, well... It's a hard thing to go through to, just depending on on how extensive the damage is. Yeah, and there's even options of if if it's just a little bit of pitting, you may be able to take it to like a machinist and have them relap the inside of the barrel. Right, yep. Um, but it really depends on how deep the the pitting is and there's yeah. there's a ton of different variables that can fit into into that Absolutely. unfortunately. So bottom line is, if you can help it, don't let your muzzleloader get rusty. Right. So <laughs> Pre- preventative maintenance yes. is crucial. With even mm-hmm. if you have a nitride barrel, yeah, um, or a stainless or a or a blued barrel, you mm-hmm. know, always do preventative maintenance. That's gonna just elongate the the lifespan of your gun for so. sure. Absolutely. Um, so this question here: What bullets do you recommend for Northwest muzzleloader hunters? And it's kind of a loaded question. So yeah. let's go ahead and go through that, Caleb. Let's unload it. Let's unload this question. <laughs> hey, we're in the Northwest. We're in Oregon, That's so right. this we, is this is right up our alley. It's our backyard. Um. Well, there's three states in the Northwest: uh-huh. Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. As we well know, Washington 
right now has no Northwest bullet regulations. So yeah. you can use anything you want in Washington. You do not have to follow the Northwest regs in Washington anymore. Mm-hmm. So let's take them out of the equation. So you have Oregon and Idaho. Yeah. Um, generally, the the laws are pretty close together. Mm-hmm. However, in Idaho, you can only use pure lead bullets. Yes. In Oregon, you can use pure lead or if it's a 100% copper bullet, you can. Because mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's weird. I don't want to get too too deep into it, but it's like a federally approved non-toxic alloy is how they word it. Yeah, for like the for California. Oh, know. is it for California too? Yeah, because okay. California. Because yeah. in Oregon, there's no limit on the material save for um, the plastic. You can't sure. have any plastic on it. That's right. And so that's, that's where it gets weird. So... I would actually recommend for Oregon hunters using the Thor full bore conical bullets. Yeah, the hollow point ones because they have, have no to be plastic. the hollow point. That's right, and so they're a one hundred percent copper. They're a hundred percent legal in Oregon. Mm-hmm. You can also use round balls or like a maxi ball if you want to. Yes, but if you're using an inline, you're wanting to get maximum performance. The Thors are probably the way. That's to go. right. I would say that yeah, the second like you said, the max the Thompson Center makes the maxi balls or the maxi hunters mm-hmm. before Thor came out. Those were the go-to bullets, and they yep. weren't very accurate. But you only needed a fifty-yard shot, and that was yeah. it. So the Thor bullets have been amazing, an amazing choice to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not legal in Idaho. Yeah. So what what would you recommend for Idaho hunters, Darren? So Idaho, I'd definitely go with the the Power Belt Pure Leads. They're mm-hmm. specifically made for Idaho. I think they make them in like a four hundred five grain. So if you want to get really oh, yeah. heavy with it, you can. Um, and the confusing part about that is it's a pure lead bullet. So, but they don't have any of the plastic rules like Oregon does. Right. So you can still, yeah. you can use that plastic base. That's right. I, the pure leads, and that's what they're called, the, the power belt pure lead bullets. I call those the Idaho bullets because mm-hmm. they're, if you're using a modern inline, they're, to me, they, they're the best performing inline Idaho legal bullet that they have. And you mm-hmm. can still use the Thompson Center maxi balls and maxi hunters. They work good too. So, yeah. or round ball. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Whatever you wanted. It just has to be a, a lead projectile. Right. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not entirely certain why they have that law you know because i understand california they're trying to mm-hmm. reduce the amount of lead or or whatever um for conservation reasons yeah and so they have the non-toxic alloy so let's just, you know honestly we could even just lump a bunch of the western states because there's a bunch of bullet intricacies yeah there's some weird stuff if you're in california it's a a federally appro- approved non-toxic alloy so yeah. you can use uh like the thor bullets fall under that barnes right. bullets fall under that but you can't use anything with lead in it. So like power belts are a no-go. I, I would say, oh, Idaho really throws a wrench because I was going to say, if you want one bullet to cover the majority of your of the Western states minus Idaho, Thor is the bullet that you can... Yep. You Thor know, is legal in four, 49 of the 50 states. That's right. Yeah, and so you could take it to Washington, Oregon, California and do the whole sweep and you just use a Thor bullet. It's pretty pretty standard mm-hmm. um, colorado it's legal that's in. right um thor is nice because and we've and we've talked about thor in our past podcast too is they sell a bullet that's specifically sized to your bore so you mm-hmm. can actually size it so if you have a thompson center that may have a, a slightly larger bore diameter yep. you can get a larger bore diameter bullet and that matches that it pairs specifically to your specific bore so mm-hmm. you can get really accurate with them for um, sure. Even yeah. if you're only shooting, you know, 50 or we actually have some long distance hunters at like 300 who, who are using the Thors too and have had good results. So yeah, and I've, I've even used the, uh, the lightnings and those are the one size fits all. And yeah, those yeah. work really well. I have, you know, no, no problems there. Um, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Colorado. Yeah. Colorado is a unique state and a very highly sought after state too. 
if you have a, a season in Colorado, it's bougie. It's nice. Yeah, I think um, they have the highest elk population. I could be wrong. Oh, that, pro- but one of the highest, if not like the an highest. elevation, like the elk are just really high on the on the map. <laughs> Rocky Mountain high. That's right. <laughs> um, so Colorado, you can only use loose powder. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only use full bore conical bullets. So no sabos in yep. Colorado. Um, and you can only use open sights. Mm-hmm. So it's a very unique, it's, it's kind of like, like the Northwest regs, but yep. yeah, very specific to Colorado, no sabos, loose powder, um, open sights. Yep. And I will link again, the Northwest podcast that we did right. up top because, um, there's not only a bunch of intricacies in like Western states with bullets, but also mm-hmm. intricacies with powder and sights and all kinds of stuff. So we talked right. about that at length in a specific podcast. So I'll link that above uh, if you have any further questions there. But I hope that answers your question a little bit yeah. um, on this one. Um, so the next question, and this is our last question. Nice. Um, do you, is there any way to load a muzzleloader from the breech? Um there there could could be but i but i really think you you would defeat the purpose of having a muzzle loader yeah um you would you know that even loading the powder from the breech was mm-hmm. kind of is kind of a a new deal but as long yeah. you know but as long as you're loading the powder in the bullet or just the bullet through the muzzle that you know then it's classified as a muzzle loader i think you're you're stepping too close to the center fire realm yeah if you just have a full breech loading deal, you know. Yeah. Now I think there are things like the nitro fire where the powder. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there's no breech plug per se. You just yeah. have the fire stick with like a two and nine primer, and that loads from the breech, and then you push the bullet down unless right. it's on a shelf. But even that is not legal in all the states, you know. Uh, that's right. Yeah, and and it kind of it was kind of divisive. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? It was kind of divisive in our muzzleloader community <laughs> where you had the hardcore black powder shooters and then mm-hmm. it's like, well, this isn't a muzzleloader, but it is. Mm-hmm. It totally is. It's just, you know, it's totally different feel and, and everything, but but you're still loading the, mul- the bullet through the muzzle, which yeah. is the most important part. So Yeah, and that's kind of what, that's what, uh, I mean, there are some states that say that cannot load from the breach. Right. So, okay, that kind of defeats it. But then there's some states that just say, that have like just black powder rules. Right. And so it's like, there's all kinds of different rules and stuff. So is there a way you could in theory do it? Not with a normal muzzle loader. Um, right. You couldn't, you know, you wouldn't be able to really remove the breech plug and load everything from the breech. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things, it's one of those customer service things where it's like, you could, you could, if you put the bullet in and then, but it's like, why would you, you know, there's no real, there's no real, uh, no, and to it. exactly. And, and we do get that question a lot. Cause it's like, if you think through logically, like as a, as an engineering standpoint, it's like, well, why couldn't you just make like, and, and they basically realize they've kind mm-hmm. of self-invented what ammunition is, right? Where yeah. it's like, why couldn't you put the the bullet, the powder and put this, this casing around it and then yeah. put it, you know, it's like, oh, well, you just like, invented bullets. That's, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. So it it's a lot of people like that old school feeling with black powder too, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah. you know, stick with the old stuff, you know, stick with the, how they did it. 300 years ago yeah you know but so. by the same token i do really appreciate the nitro fire oh, and the absolutely. paramount remington 700s because i love innovation as well and i love yes. that there is there's something for everybody in the sport of muzzle loading so Agreed. if you're into long range precision there's a direct correlation to black power absolutely you know if you're into like traditional archery there's a direct correlation to black powder oh, yeah you know? so it's like there is a direct correlation for just about any discipline that you like it depends on how deep you want to go right mm-hmm. like if you're looking for something easy like hey i want to jump into black powder 
but I don't really want to take the whole plunge. Yeah. Buy the Nitro Fire. It is amazing. Easiest gun I've ever shot and cleaned. Mm-hmm. But then there's some who like, hey, I really want to get deep into black powder. Yeah. I'm going to buy a flintlock and yeah. I'm going to make my own, you know, I'm going to whittle my own bullet um, or not bullet, but yeah, bullet starter out of a, an <laughs> yeah. elk horn and a stick. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that. Like it's, yep. it's, it's great. There's something for everybody. Like you said. Yeah. Muzzling truly is an amazing sport. Oh yeah. So. And uh, yeah. So I think that is all of our questions. Nice. Um, thank you guys so much for submitting those. I've been wanting to do one of these for a long time. And uh, you guys really came through with some awesome questions. Oh, yeah. We were able to fill an entire podcast with just your guys' <laughs> questions. So uh, really glad we had this opportunity. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, click the like button, and uh, hit the bell to receive notifications whenever we post. Like I said, we usually post about three times a week, um, all kinds of just muzzle-loading information and community-based stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh, if you're listening to just the audio version, leave us a review because um, all these things are going to help out the show and help get the content into the hands of people who need it, who want to check out muzzleloading but maybe don't know where to start. Um, so you can play a crucial role in distributing our content by doing that. That's right. And, um, yeah, well, Kale, thank you very much for thank joining you. us. We'll this have to great. get you back to customer service now. So, um, <laughs> But, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll chat with you on the next podcast. 